the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 570 WTBN Pinellas Park. Online at Let's Talk Faith.com. A service of the Salem Media Group. Portions of this hour have been pre recorded for broadcast at this time. Odyssey. The following program was pre recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Now, for a moment, forget the Jew-Gentile situation of the first century and apply this principle to today. If a person knows the gospel of Jesus Christ and he still refuses to accept Christ after hearing it and hearing it and hearing it, his or her eternal punishment will be more severe than someone who never, ever even heard of Jesus Christ. In fact, though both are condemned to hell, it would be better to have never had a Bible than to have it and continually refuse its message. Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida is teaching again today from Romans chapter 2. He has been leading us in an in-depth study of the first three chapters of Romans. Today is the conclusion of his eighth message in the series. Our main text is Romans chapter 2 verses 6 through 16. But we need more complete understanding of this principle Paul was writing about here in Romans 2 verse 12. I mean the principle that says that hell has different levels of punishment. So let's look at the words of Jesus himself. Pastor Steve is going to move quickly through a couple of passages before we come back here to Romans. So let me help you get ready if you are following along in your Bible. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus told the parable of the faithful steward. At the end of the parable, Jesus had a warning for some of us. So let's turn to Luke 12, verse 47, and then be ready to jump to Matthew chapter 11 before we come back to Romans. Are you ready? Here's Pastor Steve with today's lesson. And here's the principle. And from everyone who has been given much shall much be required. And to whom they entrusted much... Of him they shall ask all the more. Turn to Matthew, will you? Matthew chapter 11. Now I think this is, this is really powerful. Matthew chapter 11. The Lord Jesus is speaking of judgment in verse 20. He says, Then he began to reproach the cities in which most of his miracles were done because they did not repent. Now listen to what he says. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you! That's the biblical way of pronouncing curse. On, a, on, on someone or a city. Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the miracles had occurred in Tyre and Sidon, which occurred in you, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. In other words, you are in danger. If I did these miracles in other cities, they would have repented. You've had greater light. Woe to you! Judgment be upon you. Verse 22, Nevertheless, I say to you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. Why? Because you have greater light. You've seen more. You know more. Verse 23, And you, Capernaum, will not be exalted to heaven, will you? 
you shall descend to Hades. For if the miracles had occurred in Sodom, which occurred in you, they would have remained to this day. Now, that is powerful. He says, nevertheless, I tell you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. More tolerable for Sodom with all of its immorality than for Capernaum. Why? Because Capernaum had greater light than Sodom. Both are going to be judged. Both will be dealt with. There'll be punishment for both, but do you see the point? There's degrees of punishment. God's judgment is according to our works, but it always takes into account the light a person had. Now, don't misunderstand verse 12 of Romans chapter 2. The heathen won't be excused because they don't have a Bible. See, now some say that. Well, the heathen will be excused. They didn't have a Bible. No. Notice verse 12. He says, for all who have sinned without the law will also what? Perish without the law. He's speaking about judgments. Not that the heathen is off the hook. It's that he won't have severity of judgment. But if you ever read what the Lord Jesus said about hell, it's not something that you take lightly. It's just a matter of the, the, the degree of punishment. They will perish. Just like the Jew who had a Bible but didn't obey it. The only real issue here is the degree of punishment. Now for a moment, forget the Jew-Gentile situation of the first century and apply this principle to today. If a person knows the gospel of Jesus Christ and he still refuses to accept Christ after hearing it and hearing it and hearing it, his or her eternal punishment will be more severe than someone who never, ever even heard of Jesus Christ. In fact, though both are condemned to hell, it would be better to have never had a Bible than to have it and continually refuse its message. Now, we are delighted when unsaved people come to Lakeside. We're delighted, not part of the membership, but we're delighted that they're here because they have the opportunity to hear the Word of God and, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by only one thing, the Word of God. You can't be saved apart from the Word of God. But I tell you, it's a risk. It's a risk to come here or any place and hear the Word of God and the Gospel proclaimed. The risk is that if you don't ever accept Christ, your eternal punishment will be more severe. That's the risk you take. Now at this point, if you were a Jew reading Paul's letter, you were at Rome and you were reading Paul's letter, you would be flabbergasted. You have never heard anything like this in your life. You have never heard anyone say that your knowledge of God's law would be detrimental to your spiritual health. You realize that's what Paul is saying. He's saying it's better that you didn't have the law as far as degrees of punishment. You just didn't say that to a Jew. In fact, you don't say it usually to people who... Uh, in, in this day and age, who have heard the gospel and not responded to it, but, the, but it's the truth. But that's what Paul is saying in verse 12. And you may be shocked by what you're hearing today, that your knowledge of the Bible and the gospel will be used against you in the day of judgment. It will. It will. It's not going to help you at all. It's only going to hurt you if you don't accept Christ. Why will it hurt you? And why would it hurt the law hurt the Jew of the first century? Well, look at verse 13. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law will be justified. What an incredible statement. See, the Jew boasted in his law. The Jews heard it week after week in the synagogue. That's why he says that's not, he doesn't speak about reading it, but hearing it. But it didn't do them any good. Why? Because they didn't keep it. Look, if you're going to live by the law, you, you, if you're going to, to practice the law, you've got to live by it. To the letter, if you're going to be saved, if you think you're going to be saved by the law. 
James. Well, let's look at Galatians first. Galatians 3.10 says this. For as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. If you think you can get to heaven by keeping the Ten Commandments, then you're under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. It means if you keep nine of the Ten Commandments and one time in your life you break one, you've broken them all. That's what it means. I got news for you. You don't keep nine of them. We don't keep any of them when we don't know Christ. And James, James says the same thing. James chapter 2, verse 10. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point, he's become guilty of all. You, if you could possibly, which you can, but if you could possibly keep all the law, all the law, all of your life to the last day you have on earth, and then you break one law, God says you've broken it all. You've broken it all. I've heard people say that God should let them into heaven because they've kept the Ten Commandments. You know, someone came to Jesus one day and said, what's the greatest commandment, Master? And Jesus said, to love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, to love your neighbor as yourself. If we're honest with ourselves, we know there's not one person here who's loved God with all of his heart and his neighbor as himself all the time. We've broken the greatest commandment. There's no way that we're going to get into heaven by our own works. Having the law didn't make a Jew exempt from judgment. It just made him more responsible to live up to its light. And if he didn't do that, then he couldn't be justified before God. That's what verse 13 is saying. It's not those who hear the law that are just, but those who do it. The problem is nobody does it. Instead, he was condemned. Now, the Jew thought he was exempt from judgment because he had the law of God. And he thought the Gentiles would be judged because they didn't have the law. So he thought he was a cut above them because he had received the revelation of God and they hadn't. But Paul's going to shatter that argument in verses 14 and 15. Look at this. And this is sort of parenthetical to the whole argument, but it's, it's important. For when Gentiles who do not have the law do instinctively or by nature the things of the law, these not having the law are a law to themselves in that they show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience bearing witness and their thoughts alternately accusing or else defending or excusing them. You know what he's saying? If you as a Jew are exempt because of your law, then so is the Gentile exempt because he has the law too. You see, that's, that's what he's saying. He's saying if you think you're going to get past God's judgment seat, judgment bar, because you have a law, then you better rethink this thing through. If just having the law gets you there, then you're, you are really deceived in your thinking because Gentiles have the law too. Oh, it's, it's not written down, it's in their hearts. It's in their hearts. They don't have it in written form on paper or in tablets of stone, but it's written in their hearts. See, it's not enough to have the law. You must obey the law. Something Jews didn't do and something Gentiles didn't do. So they were both going to be judged before God. Do you see the point? It's really parenthetical, but, it, but it's an important point. If you think that the law is going to say, okay, you're all right, pass on, then you have another thing coming to you because Gentiles have the law too. Not in all the details, but they have the moral law of God. God has equipped every human being with a sense of right and wrong. Why do you think unsaved people do things that are right? 
They may not do it for the right motives, but they do things that are right, many things. In fact, sometimes they put Christians to shame. They know it's right to be kind to a wife, not to beat a wife, not to beat children. Who told them that? Who told somebody that it's right to do that? How do you know it's right if you didn't have the Bible? How would you know it's right? You instinctively know it's right. How do you know it's right if you didn't have the Bible not to murder someone? It's in your heart. You just know it's right. Everyone knows it's right not to murder. Everyone knows it's not right, but a lot of people find a way to justify it. The same is true for lesser evils like theft, lying, and the countless other ills of society. Let's pause a moment on that sad note to greet those who just tuned in. Welcome to Verse by Verse, a Bible class of the air taught by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. The world is simply loaded with people who are so possessed by their desires that they will fight to the death to get them. The rest of us are more restrained, aren't we? But why do we restrain ourselves? That's the big question. Here is Pastor Steve with the rest of today's lesson. I told you uh, before, before I ever, when I was growing up, before I knew Christ, before I even knew anything or very little of the Bible, I went to, uh, to take a baseball from a store, went to steal it. I didn't, I didn't know what the Bible said about that. I really didn't. Even though I had a Jewish background, I mean, you know, 15 verses didn't come to my mind. But I knew it was wrong. I knew it was wrong. Nobody had to tell me that it was wrong. How do the unsaved who've never read in the Bible about compassion and mercy, how do they know that it's right to have compassion and mercy upon the poor, the brokenhearted? How do they know it's right to promote honesty and integrity? And there are many unsaved people that are very meticulous and, and honest and have integrity. How do they know it's right? Why do they live by that standard? Because it's in accord with God's moral law and he's put it upon their hearts. Now, they, they aren't doing it for the right reason because God says to do it in response to obedience. But they know that these things are right. And they do them at times instinctively because God has written his moral code upon a man's heart. And when he obeys this moral code, according to verse 15, his conscience commends his actions. And when he violates this moral code, his conscience condemns him. What is the conscience? Don't let your conscience be your guide. It's not intended to be your guide, but it is intended to be a moral monitor that evaluates every action, every attitude, every thought that we do. It's that inner sense of right and wrong when we do what's right and wrong. It's, it, it's, it's that monitor of morality in our hearts. And that's why unbelievers feel guilty. Their conscience tells them that they've done what's wrong. Now, Paul, at this point, has taken verses 6 through 15 to make one basic point. And that one point is that the ground for judgment is works, the deeds of a person. But, you know, there are some people who don't learn by this, and they still might think that their deeds will cut it on the day of judgment. Maybe, maybe you're amongst them. You, you, don't, you just don't believe this. You think that your deeds are going to make it. So Paul adds verse 16, and he really picks up from verse 12. On that day... When according to my gospel, God will judge the secrets of men through Christ Jesus. Listen, you may think that your works are wonderful, and, and they may be very helpful to humanity, but someday you're going to stand 
before Jesus Christ and he's going to examine the real reasons that you did things. And then he will judge deeds you never did outwardly, but you did them secretly in your heart. That person you felt like punching out, but you didn't. Those dirty little thoughts that came to your mind, those curse words that filled your your thinking, but never came out of your mouth, those secret things that only you know, maybe you've forgotten about them, but God's keeping a record. And someday Jesus Christ will make those secret things public. And then you know what's going to happen? Romans 3.19 says this. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be closed. You know, you may have all kinds of excuses now, but I did this, but I did this, but I... Someday, you're not going to say anything to God. Why? Because he's going to show you the secret things of your heart and there will be no defense. You can't fool God. Your mouth will be closed, no defense. The truth about your deeds will finally be out in the open. If you think after hearing Romans chapter 2 that your works will get you to heaven, then someday you're going to be eternally shocked. That's why God has given us a better way. You know what that better way is? Forgiveness through Christ. Your works can't cut it. Forgiveness of all of our deeds and all of our sinful secrets that nobody else knows about. But God does. Revelation chapter 20 speaks of the great white throne judgment. It's perhaps the most sobering passage in all of Scripture. It will someday come to pass. And we trust that no one here will ever experience this. But I know better than to be that naive. I know there are some here who don't know Christ. And unless you trust Christ, this is what awaits you. Revelation 20, 11 says this, And I saw a great white throne, and him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, And books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books, according to their, what? Deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every one of them, what? According to their deeds. And death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. See, you can't be saved by your works. But if you don't trust Christ, all you have to commend yourself before God is your works. You have nothing else. On that day, God, being just and fair, will open the books, the record books, that he's, that he's been recording everyone's sin on for years, a record of all of your deeds. And this is the evidence that you'll deserve eternal punishment. Everyone who's a believer, apparently their name was found in the book of life, which is a different book, but unbelievers don't. Their name's not there. How much better, John chapter 5, how much better is this path? John chapter 5, where Jesus said in verse 24, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word, and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but is passed out of death into life. How much better 
There's two roads. One road is works. That'll never cut it. That'll never cut, cut it. How much better the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ to believe that Jesus Christ died for you and paid for all of your sinful deeds and your sinful secrets. How much better to trust that that death could secure your forgiveness. How much better. The choice is up to each one of us. If you've trusted Christ, then you do have forgiveness. And you'll never come into judgment. If you've never trusted Christ, then you need to. There'll be a harsher judgment for you if you never do. Because you've heard the truth today. Let's bow for prayer. We have trained counselors who will be up at the front to help anyone who needs counsel and direction on trusting Christ. That's our prayer. The elders met this morning. Pray for those here without Christ. Would you come to Him? Would you trust Him? This is a sobering message. This is not the kind of message that you have funny stories in and jokes in and make light of. This is sobering. This brings us back to reality. And you can walk out of here and not trust Christ. And that's up to you. But as a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, I have to tell you that whether you accept Christ or not, what we've just said this morning is true because it's based on the Word of God. And you may put it out of your mind, but that won't change anything. What you need to do is repent and trust Christ. And you know, even as our eyes are closed, heads bowed, you know, Jesus said concerning light, men love darkness because their deeds are evil. There's only one thing that keeps you from coming to Christ, and that's sin, that's pride. That's why Jesus said, in order to be saved, you must become like a little child. A little child is, is so uh, open and honest and humble. They do silly things. It's not silly to trust Christ, but it's a humbling experience because you, you have to admit that you've been trying to make it on your own and you can't. Would you trust Him? Do you trust your works? God's going to show you exactly what your works deserve and your mouth will be closed on the day of judgment. If you trust Christ, on the other hand, salvation will be free and forgiveness of sins is available. Father, we pray that your word would, would find a place in men and women's hearts this morning. Lord, even in a church like ours where most know Christ, we know that there are some here without Christ. In fact, quite a few, many even, who have never trusted you. Lord, may the Spirit of God so deal with them that not only will they see their need for Christ, but they'll come to Him. They'll trust Him. They'll believe that He has paid for their sins. Draw people to yourself because it's only the Spirit of God who can do that. And we thank you that salvation is free. We thank you, those of us who have known you, Lord. We thank you that there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. We thank you that the Lord Jesus Christ has taken our judgments. And, oh, Father, we are eternally grateful for that. So apply these truths to each one of us as we need them. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, how about you, listener? Has God been speaking to you as you have read his word, as you have read his reasons for judgment? No one needs to face that judgment. I hope that you'll put your total trust in the Lord Jesus right now. 
If you have questions about salvation, listen for the phone number that I'll give in just a minute. This is Peter Silseth saying thanks for listening to Verse by Verse, a daily Bible class of the air led by pastor-teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve has been the teaching pastor for over 26 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. This program was a production of Verse by Verse Ministries. We are a faith ministry supported by the gifts and prayers of faithful listeners like you. If you would like information about how you can know for sure that you have eternal life, please call us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours. That's also the number to call if you would like to order a CD or a cassette copy of the entire message from which today's broadcast came. The number again is 727-441-1714. If you would like to hear today's class again, please visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. What's the most dangerous thing in the world? In the hours before the Titanic hit an iceberg, and even for a while afterward, the crew and passengers were certain that the ship was not going to sink. In fact, those in charge of such things were so sure the ship was unsinkable that they didn't put nearly enough lifeboats on her. I would suggest that Miss Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.